1: over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
0: You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. Hallelujah! remain standing? If you will go to Deuteronomy chapter 11, Deuteronomy chapter 11, thank you for your prayers. I'm feeling much better and uh, amen. And so I'm going to keep a lot of water real close to me. So you're going to talk to your neighbor a lot today. So I hope you like them. If not, just get a good time, to go to the restroom and come back. But don't be leaving holes in my seating. I don't like holes in my seating. Don't do that. <laughs> Deuteronomy 1126. We started a brand new series last week called The Blessed Life. Say I'm blessed that would be nice if you were asking somebody whether or not they were, but if you believe that you are, say, "I'm blessed." I'm blessed. Deuteronomy eleven twenty six. This is the, the Lord talking. He says, "Behold." In other words, He says, "Watch, look, see." I set before you when today. Now, today just isn't that day in which he said it. It's every single day of your life. He says, every single day of your life, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today. In other words, he says, you'll be blessed if you do what I say. Verse 28, and you'll be cursed if you don't. Pretty straightforward, right? Look at the neighbor and say, neighbor. neighbor. Do Do what you're told. So you don't breach the blessing. Father, I decrease that you might increase. Speak to us now that we might move and walk in those things that you have ordained. You have created us to live the blessed life, and we won't settle nor tolerate anything other than what you've already died for us to have. And we honor you for it now in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, I have two or three people. Tell them, say, don't breach the blessing. Don't breach the blessing. Don't breach it. Don't breach it. Uh, In this series, we are discovering how to truly be blessed and highly favored with both God and people. Please understand, you're not favored if you're just favored with God. You need to be favored both with God and with people. God operates through people to get things into your hands. Luke 638 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, second together, and running over shall men or other people give into your bosom, which means God will use people, even people that can't stand you, to bless you. Now, we learned last week that the blessing is an empowerment to prosper, to do well, and to be made whole. It is literally the Hebrew word barak, which means abundance. Say, God wants me to be abundant. It means all together. What does that mean? Everything is together. It means to congratulate. It means to make great. It literally means God is saluting you. In other words, God looks at you, and God says, I believe you've got what it takes to get this thing done. Somebody say barak. Now, the blessing is a singular thing, and blessings are manifestations of the blessing. We learned last week that material things are not blessings per se. They are the reward of taking territory, fighting battles, and conquering enemies. If you're sitting back saying, when is the Lord going to bless me with a car? As soon as you go down to the lot and apply for it. That's when you're going to get it. If you sit, when is the Lord going to give me a job? As soon as you get on the job board and get out there and make something to, uh, happen. Please understand. If you're back waiting on a blessing to fall out of heaven, you have a bad understanding of how the blessing works. Are you still here? Now now watch this, please understand, blessing uh, is the realm of life. It is the realm of shalom, where uh, it is the Hebrew word for peace, which means nothing is missing, nothing is laughing, lacking, nothing is broken, all is well. While to the contrary, the curse is the realm of death. It means unnecessary stress, unnecessary pain, unnecessary mess. Now check this out, the scripture says that it rains on the just and the unjust, which means you're going to have some stress and some pain and some mess you've got to deal with. But when you choose the curse, you're creating unnecessary stress, unnecessary pain, and unnecessary mess. And I don't know about you, but I've wasted enough time in my life, enough days in my life with unnecessary stress, unnecessary pain. I think you ought to look at that neighbor and say, I don't want it if I don't have to have it. I don't want it. I, I, baby, I don't want to be messed up if I don't have to be. Don't want to be stressed out if I don't have to be. Why do you think every relationship has to be jacked up and messed up? Who told you that? Who told you that you have to go through hell in order to be with somebody? Who told you that you have to be broke, busted, and disgusted? Who told you that your children had to be jacked up and messed up? Who told you that you're fighting? Who in the heck told you that? So watch this. Last week we tracked the blessing through Genesis and we learned that the Lord blessed. The first time we see the word blessing, this word Barak in Hebrew, uh, appear in the scriptures. God blessed the animals on the fifth day. Then God blessed mankind. Then God blessed the day. I hope before Sunday got here you blessed it. Let me tell you why it couldn't start snowing until uh, we got here this morning for church. Because I rebuked the snow yesterday and I blessed the day. And I said, I dare you to snow before we get to that church. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Uh, then we learned that the, the God blessed Noah and his sons. We learned that the bliss, blessing was generational. Then we saw that God blessed Abraham, and we discovered that that was one of the most important times that God blessed anybody or anything because that is the way that you and I experience the blessing today. For the sake of those that were not here last week, Genesis 12, 1 through uh, 3 says this, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family into to your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. Touch your neighbor say, God wants you to be great. See, now, please understand, uh, you're going to have a problem with God if you like being average, if you like being messed up, if you like settling, if you like sitting back in the confines of mediocrity. Then you really don't like the God of the Bible because the God of the Bible was always trying to upgrade people and take people higher than what they were. Look at this. He says, I'll make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will Barack you and I will make your name great. And you shall what? Be a blessing. Say, I am the blessing. So so watch this. I'm not trying to get one. I'm just walking in what it is that he made me to be. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and I'll come against any fool that would be stupid enough to cut, oh, excuse me, that's the Bishop former version, and I will curse him who curses you, and then you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, Bishop, why is that important? Because Galatians 3.29 says, and if you are Christ, in other words, if you are a Christian, then you are Abraham's seed. Well, why is that significant, Bishop? Uh, it says, and then we are heirs according to the promise. It means then, uh, watch this, the moment I became a Christian, I became the offspring of Abraham, which means whatever. God said to Abraham it is tantamount or equal to him saying it to you. So when he says to Abraham I'll make you great and I'll bless you and you shall be a blessing. He was really saying that to you and not just you. He was saying that to the generations that are getting ready to rise up after you. See please understand your life is not just about you. Your life is about your children and your children's children and if you don't have natural children you got some nieces and some nephews and some cousins. What you're doing now is going to affect three to four hundred years after you. So you have to succeed because there are people that have not even been born yet that need you to pave the way for them, that need you to be the pioneer for them. So then we discovered last week that the blessing makes up for wasted time, that it calls you to be both successful and spiritual, that it removes the wrong people, that it delivers your enemies into your hands, that it's activated through your tithing. We discovered last week that all things can be blessed, which means you can bless your food, bless your children, bless your car, bless your home, bless your workspace, bless your curls. Say anything can be blessed. Stick with me. Say anything can be blessed. Then last week we learned that the blessing is transferable. Say it's transferable. Which means please understand, if somebody blessed gets next to or close to somebody blessed, then they're gonna get the same blessing that's on them. Which is why some folk, you got people that come around you, and what they're really trying to do, you think they like you. They don't like you, they see the blessing that's on you. What they're attracted to is the God that they see on you, and so they wanna be close to that. Don't you think that highly of yourself? I must be that no, baby, it's the blessing of the Lord, it is the saluting of God, it is the baroque of God that is on you. And when they see you, they wanna be around you. that's why some people, okay, touch your neighbor say they want to be close to you because of that blessing. Judas wanted to get close to Jesus because the blessing was on Jesus. And the Pharisees and Sadducees wanted to get next to Judas because Judas was next to Jesus. Wasn't nothing special about Judas except who he was next to. Then last week, we learned that the blessing, it'll make others try to envy it and attempt to sabotage it. We learned that the blessing will cause increase. We learned that the blessing will make your enemies at peace with you. I'm a living witness that when you're blessed, people that can't stand you will have to look back and say, Well, at least I know that this, I, at least I, I can't stand you, but I can't come against you. Touch your neighbor say, They may not like you, but they can't stand against you. They might talk about you, but they can't stand against you. And have you ever noticed that people that hate, that's the new lingo these days, are haters. It just means somebody didn't like you. Have you ever noticed that haters normally have less than you? Have you ever noticed that they're not doing as good as you? I'm not talking about trying to compare yourself to other people. What I'm saying is, is that's an indication that what they see on you is not just you. It is the blessing of God that is on you. And they're trying to figure out why it's not working for them. this? Then we talked about this last week, that the blessing must be spoken before it's seen. Say, I must see it before I say it. Y'all not saying that like you believe it. Say, I must see it. But I must say it first. Please understand, we learned last week that the blessing changes environments. Now, after all those things I just read, the blessing sounds like it's a bad thing. And and by bad, I mean good. It sounds like it's a bad thing. Would you touch your neighbor and say, the blessing's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Baby, it'll take a nobody and turn them into somebody. It'll take a zero and make them into a superhero. It'll take somebody that was broke, busted, and disgusted and have them run the company. It'll take somebody that everybody else said was nobody and would fail. And they'll rise to the top. The blessing! I wish you'd have had your neighbor and say the blessing, the blessing, the blessing. But I have a question for you. If the blessing does all of that, are you seeing all of that? Now, now the rubber's to meet the road. Uh, please understand, the blessing does all those wonderful things. But here's my question. Are you seeing all of that in your life? Now, how many folks, you'll be really honest and say, all that stuff is wonderful, but truth be told, I'm not seeing all of that. You can be honest. You're at harvest. You don't have to be frank. All right, okay. So, so let me show you something. Deuteronomy 11, 26. Behold, I set before you today. Now, why is he saying I set it before you if he already spoke it to him? Deuteronomy here is speaking to the Israelites. The Israelites would be the descendants of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he's talking to people. He's already spoken this blessing over. So why is he saying, I said it before you if he was already spoken it? Now, I need you to catch that. I need you to catch that. Because a lot of Christians sit back saying, oh, the Lord's just going to do it. The Lord's just going to do it. Well, I need to tell you, he's done. Touch your neighbor and say, God's not getting ready to do nothing. So to every preacher hype, you've been sitting there, listening. they said, God's getting ready to do this. I'm here to tell you, you've been sold a bill of goods. God ain't getting ready to do nothing. God has done everything that he is going to do. Now it's on you. Touch your neighbor and say, it's on you now. Whatever happens now, it's on you. It ain't up to your mom and them. It ain't up to your daddy and them. It ain't up to your boss. It ain't up to your employer. It's not up to the doctor. Whatever happens now, it's on you. Watch what he says. Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. Now, this is interesting because he already told them. He blessed them in Genesis chapter 12. So why in the world is he telling them, I set it before you? Now, now, now check this out. We have access to the blessing, but it must be chosen. Watch this. Day by day and decision by decision. I said, it must be chosen day by day and decision by decision. Check this out. Uh, you, if, if you've ever had somebody to uh, uh, say, I got this, I got this uh, gift for you, but you got to go pick it up. Now, the gift is yours. But unless you go pick it up, you'll never experience the benefit of it. Can I tell you? See, I just need somebody that, that's going to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Watch this. Your bloodline has years of blessing that stored up that none of them were bold enough to go get because they sat on their blessed assurance in their seat of do nothing. While God said, I've made it available to you, but nobody went out to go get it because everybody chose the curse, which is comfort. Y'all not hearing me. (laughs) You know the curse because the curse is always comfortable. It feels easy to do. There's no challenge to it. But the blessing, the blessing requires, I'm getting ahead of myself to next week. The blessing requires nevertheless. Bishop, what do you mean? Jesus said, Lord, if it's your possible, take this cup from me. Nevertheless. What was he saying? Nevertheless. In other words, he was saying, I'm sick of settling for the less. I want the best. And the best is going to cost me some discomfort. It's going to cost me some friends. It's going to cost me some time it's gonna come but nevertheless I tell you to look at your neighbor and say the blessing so how does this work in our daily lives I'm almost through how's this work in our daily lives now, now let me walk you through the process of it submission is to be under the mission you serve everything in life begins from a posture of submission now watch this everybody is submitted to something knowingly or unknowingly I used to think that people just are unsubmitted no they're actually submitted to their dysfunction you are submitted to something. Now, now watch this. Uh, everyone is submitted to something, knowingly or unknowingly. Mister, how do you know that? Who or what compels you to act? Some people are submitted to broke. Some people are submitted to crazy. Some people are submitted to drama. Some people are submitted to dysfunction. Some people are are submitted to victimization, the mentality of a victim. Y'all ain't got to say nothing to me. That's fine. I came with my own amen section. I've been talking to the Lord. I've been to the mountaintop. I know exactly where it is that I'm headed. I I I know exactly where it is that God's ordained for me. So if you don't say nothing, I'm not offended. Some people are submitted to their jacked up bloodlines. Some people are submitted to trying to please people who really don't have no value in trying to please them. Some people are submitted. Touch your neighbor and say, what are you submitted to? Everybody submitted to something, whether they know it or not. But watch this. Obedience is the fruit of that submission. So the way you know what you're submitted to is because obedience becomes the fruit of that submission. But now watch this. Obedience is a choice. You have to choose to obey. Driving to church today, you had to choose to obey 55 miles an hour or something else. Now, touch your neighbor and say, thank God for something else. Amen. <laughs> hey, now, now watch this. Obedience is a choice. You choose to obey. You choose to obey. But why do you obey? Because you're submitted to the ideology that says I obey. Did you get that? Okay, now watch this. Watch this. You ever met somebody who didn't pay bills, they just set up new accounts? So when the cell phone bill got too much, they just got a new one. They're submitted to the ideology that says when it becomes too much, just get rid of it because new construction is easier than renovation. So because they're submitted to that idea, the concept of paying the bill off is contrary to what they're submitted to. So they can't choose to obey. They won't choose to pay the bill. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. This is why people say, I don't know why I do that. I know why you do it because of what you're submitted to. You're submitted to self. And the problem is is you can't submit to you and hold you accountable. How has that been working out? Now, watch this. Obedience is a fruit of submission, but obedience is a choice. But watch this. What decides our choices? Here it is. Here it is. Right here our habits. Oh, I know you're waiting on a Ta type, Mitsubishi Holy Ghost. No, it's you. doesn't say it's you. Mark 7 and 13, listen to this. Making the word of God of no effect through your tradition. Now, tradition is the Greek word paradosis, which means your rituals and your habits. He says, you make the word of God of no effect. Now, watch this. It's not that the word's not powerful. It just doesn't work for you. That's why some people say, I just serving God don't work. No, it just don't work for you. Oh, no, it's working for me. And I think I got some folk at this 915 experience that wasn't scared of no 9 News weather report this morning that said, you know what? No, the blessing's working for me. It may not be working for you, but it's working for me. I, I wish you'd have five your neighbor say, it's working for me. Making the word of God of no effect for you. Because of your paradoxes, your rituals, and your habits, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. So let me illustrate. I've taught on this before, but let me illustrate this for you. Let me illustrate the power of your habits through the three levels of authority available to a Christian. There's three levels of authority. Say three. All right. The first level of authority available to a Christian is the name of Jesus. And this, unfortunately, is the level that most Christians stay at. It's, it's his name. Now, Philippians 2.9 says this. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name, which is what? Y'all need to talk like y'all speak the king's English. And given him what? Given him the name which is above. So the name of Jesus is higher than death. It's higher than cancer. It's higher than disease. It's higher than sickness. It's higher than family drama. but, But check this out. His name is more powerful than anything that can be named. That is the reason why oftentimes they have to name things so that then you can come up with the name counter to it. That's why it's not enough for you to just ignore your problems. You need to be able to name your problems so then you can put his name superior to your problems. But that's only the first level of authority available to a Christian. And that's where most Christians stay. It's just at the name of Jesus. And so, baby, just call on Jesus. Call on Jesus. Hey, hey, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You're level one. You ain't even got out elementary. Here's level two. The level of authority available is his word. And watch this. Psalm 138.2 says this. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. Let's get this last part. You read it. For you. Go ahead. Wait a minute now, wait a minute, wait a minute. More powerful than me calling his name is doing what he said. So listen, I don't need to call on the name of Jesus if I do what Jesus said because I'll, what's this? Why, Bishop? Because I'll be walking in the blessing so I won't need a miracle. I won't need a miracle if I'm already walking in the blessing. To have a miracle means you needed a crisis. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your what? Your word or your words, everything you've said above all of your name. Which means the second level of authority available to Christians is is doing what he said. Which means you don't need to call on Jesus to get you a financial breakthrough if you're a tither. You ain't got to say amen to me. Amen lights. (laughs) It's quiet in here. You don't need to call on the name of Jesus to heal you from something that you could just eat yourself to a better diet. It's real quiet up in here. All right, but here's the third level. Here's the third level of power. This is going to blow your mind. Because you are all that name of Jesus is above every name, brother. Oh, hallelujah, brother. Bless God. Third level of power available to Christians. Your habits. Now watch this. He said he's been given a name above what? Anything that can be named. But above his name is his what? Word. Watch this. Mark 7:13, same verse. Making the word of God of no effect for you through your paradosis, through your rituals and habits, which you have handed down. In other words, he says, you acting like three generations before you and wondering why you're getting the same thing they getting. <laughs> You acting like your mama and wondering why it ain't different for you. You acting like your daddy and wondering why it's not different for you. He said, because of the things you've passed down, you make the word of no effect. So check it out. The name Jesus is the lowest level of authority. Then it's what Jesus said. And then it's what you do. I just wonder why the Lord ain't broke through for me. You... But today, amen lights, amen green light, amen red light, red light, green light. But today, somebody's getting ready to get up out of their own way because you ought to be sick and tired of that same thing over and over again. Somebody in here says, I'm not going into 2015 in my way again. I'm not struggling with this same issue another year. Touch your neighbor say, step out of your own way. Step. And I dare the bold people at the 915 to just get up and step. Just get up and step. Why am I stepping, Bishop? Because I'm getting up out of my own way. I've been in my way for too long. So watch this. Watch this. Watch this. His, his name, his word, your habits. What you do on a daily basis is more powerful than you calling on his name. What you do on a daily basis is more powerful than what he wrote and said. That's why some people look at the Bible and say, well, I don't believe that that can happen for me. Because your habits prevent you from believing that. You live five miles from where you grew up. Because so what are you trying to say? Your mind hasn't left your childhood. And because your mind hasn't left your childhood, you still think like a child with boundaries and limitations. Because, okay, all right. That, all right, all right, watch this, watch this. Your habits can breach the blessing in your life, watch this, that he's already paid for. Now, breach here just means to block, prevent, stop, or impede. Our habits can do that. And I know that's, that's a powerful concept to get our mind around because we think, oh, Jesus is powerful. Yes, he's powerful. But, but, but there's, there's a lot of bad understanding that people have. And so they're sitting back waiting on Jesus to do for them what they must do for themselves. The woman with the issue of blood had to walk to him. The man sitting by the pool had to answer his question. Jesus just didn't drop it on them like it was hot. They had to participate. And I'm here to tell you today, you're going to have to participate in your breakthrough. You're going to have to participate in your blessing. You're going to have to participate in your future. Life does not just happen by chance. It happens by choice. You're not going to succeed in this life just because you were born. You're going to succeed because when you put your foot on the ground, you're going to say to yourself, and this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be made glad in it. And I'm going to make the most out of this life. I had to start from the bottom. Didn't have a lot of help, but God. What's this? A habit is an unconscious, routine behavior. Y'all got to help me. A habit is an unconscious routine behavior. Now, this is so powerful. I need you to check this. I need you to check it. Please, please get this message. Because if your 2015 is a repetition of any previous year, I want you to to hear me. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, according to Deuteronomy 30 30 and 19 today. If you have a repeat in 15 of what you had in 14 and you didn't really like some of what you saw in 14, I want you to know it is 100% your fault. So let me put the scripture on you. Bam. (coughs) Got it? So heaven is recording this day. So you can't say, God, I didn't know. See? You said, see? Y'all see it? Good. All right. So look at me. Look at me. Watch this. Your habits and our habits are unconscious routine behaviors. Why is it powerful, Bishop, that it's unconscious? And not subconscious. Subconscious is the real essence of you. It's your spirit. It's it's, it's the real you. You are a soul, or excuse me, a spirit, rather, that possesses a soul, which is mind, thoughts, will, and emotions, and we live in physical bodies. Check this out. Our habits are unconscious routine behaviors. You missed it. It's not something our brain even thinks about anymore. Our brains turn off and go to what its default is. That's why some of you say, I don't know why I can't stop doing that because your brain isn't even processing that you're doing it. It's unconscious, which means once your brain has developed a routine. That's why some of you, when you wake up in the morning, you got a routine. You put this foot over here. You put this foot over here. You do this. You do this. You do this. this, And you don't even think about it. You brush your teeth the same way every single day. You go to the shower the same way every single day. You get in your car the same way every single day. You, you, You do it the same way every single day, so much so that your brain activity has decreased because it's unconscious behavior. You don't even have to be woke for it to do what it does. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why if you grew up putting God first, it's unconscious for you to go to church. You don't think twice about going to church. Somebody like, you going to church? What do you mean am I going to church? It's Sunday, ain't it? When you're a tither and you've been a tither for a long time, it's unconscious. You don't think twice about, are you tithing? What do you mean, am I tithing? Are you getting ready to eat? What are you stupid? Don't ask me stupid stuff. It's unconscious. But now watch this. Watch this. This is powerful. Our brain stops working and goes on autopilot. Watch this. Until somebody points the habit out. I was listening yesterday to a very powerful, very powerful, very powerful, powerful uh, audio uh, uh, teaching thing yesterday that was talking about these habits. And they were talking about uh, how in, in uh, uh, animals and both humans, that when something uh, becomes a habit, that the brain activity, when they measure it, literally decreases to the point to where the person could be asleep. And so watch this. Those unconscious routine patterns are more powerful than God's word working in your life. Now, more powerful than his word is more powerful than it working in your life. Now, now, now watch this. Sometimes people think, well, being a Christian, you know, that do really, you not know, really get nothing for that. It doesn't profit me anything. But that's only because they didn't actually change any of their habits. Here's what people think. Now, let, me, let, me, let me help you understand. When you become a Christian, your spirit is born again. That's the only part of you that's born again. That's why, you know, songs they used to sing in the church is just so unscriptural. I looked at my hands and they looked new. Mine didn't. I looked at my feet and they did too. No, my feet looked exactly the same. When you become a Christian, the only part of you that's born again or saved is your spirit. That's why the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So that's why your spirit can't die. But your body can. Why? Because your spirit saved, your body isn't. Now, listen, why is that important to understand? Watch this. Watch this. Because when you become a Christian, your spirit's born again, but your soul, your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions, and your flesh are not. Now, your flesh is your earth suit. Say my earth suit. That's for every time you have felt like your, your, your flesh had a mind of its own. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, Your flesh and your spirit, they're at enmity. They hate one another. They fight one another. And that's the trip because if my flesh is just an earth suit, who gave the earth suit a mind? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Its habits did. Its habits did. It's quiet. Because watch this. I don't need a mind if I have a habit. Y- y'all ain't, y'all, that's okay. So, so, some city's shouting about this preacher. That's okay. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Won't he do it? Yes, he. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, watch well, this. You, the reason you feel like your flesh has a mind of its own Amen. is because it doesn't need a mind because it has habits. Amen. Habits are unconscious, which means no mind needed. It's on autopilot. Some of you have coffee every day. You don't even like coffee. You hate what it does to your teeth. You got more bright smile and crest whitening and this, this, and that, all that, all that, all that. But watch this. Your, your flesh shoot has developed a mind of its own. It does what it wants. It's quiet in here. S- some folks, some folks, some folks, they don't even like smoking. They hate to be around themselves. But the earth suit doesn't even need a mind to do that. Okay, you like basically. oh, thank God I don't do those things. Mm-hmm. Some folk gossip so quickly. And before they even fin- know what they've done, they didn't finish murdering somebody's reputation based on speculation, not proof. See, I have a rule when people say, you know what happened to so and so, you have any footage? Were you there? Well, no, I heard. Well, then you don't know. Don't tell me what you heard. Tell me what you know. Well, I just think, I really did not even, I don't pay you to do that. And I didn't ask you to do that. Please don't tell me what you think. Now, t- t- check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Y'all ready? Yeah, yeah, okay, we got, we got to dive into this. Your soul and your flesh didn't get saved. Your spirit did. Your soul and your flesh must be renewed or made new. When, does the Bible say? Every day. You can go to Romans 12, 2, 2 Corinthians 4, 16, Ephesians 4, 23. I'm not teaching that today. But those things have to be renewed. Now, Bishop, what's another way for renewed? Renewed was a real fancy way to say beat into subjection. Which means you have to tell your flesh, Tell your soul, mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. No! Improve to you. If you have a habit of cussing folk out, you spiritual. But that person next to you, out of that same lift, talking, uh, mouth, talking about put your hands up and everybody just <laughs> bless him. If you have a habit of doing that, then you actually have to, watch this. Somebody has to point it out to you because it's unconscious. You just do it and don't think twice about it because you, do, you don't think. It's unconscious. And that's why the blessing keeps getting blocked because of unconscious stuff. My God. I'll just lay foundation here in the 1115, I guess, to get to... And so, and so, watch this. And so, and so, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this uh, uh, there are three primary habits that breach the blessing block, prevent, stop, impede the blessing. And I need to say this, and this is so powerful because I'm trying to set us up to go into 2015, the calendar year, so you can make that the best year of your life. Thank you for the four people that want 2015 to be the best year of their life. Watch this. Let me show you how powerful your habits are. Some people heard me say that and immediately skipped right past it because their habits tell them it's never going to be better. Their habits tell them it never gets better. And you know, let me tell you something I'm so sick of. I'm so sick and tired of people that just want to manage misery. Touch it and say, I got options. I don't have to manage misery. I don't have to sit back and fast and pray for you to act right. I got an option. I don't have to sit back and wait on y'all to catch this vision. I got options. Watch this. Watch this. So, we're going to bust your habits. We're going to bust your habits. In this city, you got to get this city. You, you got to get this city. Now, some people's habits, you're going to walk right out that door. They're going to say, oh, gee, Willard, why didn't the Lord do nothing? He ain't finna do nothing. Break your habit. Doesn't even say break your habit. I, when, I, when I was, um, when I, you know, believe it or not, when I was coming, out, I was real shy. <laughs> I was real, real shy. Except you put me in front of a group of people. You put me in front of a group of people. I come alive. A couple, two, three people. Oh goodness! Now I didn't know you. I mean, it was like drops all down my side. <laughs> the perspiration was just pervasive. Watch <laughs> this. I remember one time. One time, uh, I was uh, I was uh, at a gathering or something like that, and I was. I was Early teens, something like that, and I, and I was uh, I was there, and I was the kind that I didn't, you know, like when it was dancing time, <laughs> you know, I'd be working on something else, <laughs> like you know it's time to dance or something. I'd be over here like you know, Man, let me get some of this punch. Ooh, I'm tired, you know, <laughs> and. And so I just that—that's just what—that was my thing, you know. It just—it just wasn't my thing. Now, I'll run some stuff, but they're just you know, coming out and dance and all that just wasn't my thing. And I remember one time I thought about this the other day after the Dream Team Christmas party. <laughs> I remember one time this fella, this fella—it was some celebration for some I don't remember was—and this fella, he—he—he—he—I was over there in the corner just minding my business. I was parking. I was parking on the dance floor, so I was over there, and, and this fella, he he he's like, "Come on, you know, you need to get on the dance floor and dance." And like, and I was like, "I don't think you understand who I am. I'm going need you to mind your business so that I don't. You're gonna you gonna open the door. You just, it's not gonna be good for you. <laughs> Woe unto the man who messes with me over here." And so and so I remember, I remember, I remember, I was like, I was like, and and, and so I looked over. I was like, "Y'all better." better school him. You better school church because, because that's a southern colloquialism, preachers say. It means you better help the young gentleman or the gentleman or the gentlemanette. <laughs> Whatever. You better help him get an understanding. Better help the lady, whoever. Help him get an understanding. So, long story short, I'm, I'm sitting over there and he, he did it one long time. He's like, okay, I'm going to leave you alone. I'm going to leave you alone. I'm like, very good. Well, maybe four or five minutes later, he came back over. Watch this stopped the whole celebration and said, we finna school him, y'all. I said, no, you didn't. I said, I owe oh my, oh God. We didn't have texting in those days, so, but if I did, I would have said, OMG, IJS, WT, and some other stuff up after that. So I was totally shocked and embarrassed in the middle of all of these people. Because he's like, you going to dance. I was like, I can't dance. That's why I run numbers and I do the business. I run the business because I don't dance. Some people are entertainers. Some people pay the entertainers. I'm the guy that pays the entertainers. And I was so totally embarrassed. Now, check this out. Check this out. Check, I mean, I had, the perspiration was coming down. But so why are you telling us that story? Uh, because, watch this. That radical, out of order, by the way, <laughs> shocking to my habit, pointed out something to me. You miss it. It pointed out to me that my limitations of my faith went to the place to where I was okay being uncomfortable. But when I wasn't okay being uncomfortable, that would be the limitation of my faith. All of that from a little dance. And I remember leaving thinking, I can't believe that. I'm so this. And, and then I sat back and thought about it. I said, what was the big deal I was making about them people? Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody. <laughs> I like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here making a big deal. Ain't nobody even know them folk. Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody. I said, I don't know why in the world I made a big deal about this. Your habits, until somebody points them out to you, you think they're normal. You think they're okay. Y'all, that's all right. You ain't saying that to me. School, church. Mm-hmm. Watch this. Watch this. You will not change what you're willing to tolerate. And today, i got to get you out of just managing misery. Touch your neighbor and say, you can't manage misery another day. Now, I want to say this before we get into this real quick. Uh, uh, There's no judgment of you. Touch your neighbor and say, there's no judgment here. So don't take anything I say or anything I ever say as judgment. I just want you blessed. And there's no way I can list every habit that breaches the blessing. So here's what I need you to pray with me. Say, Lord... Reveal to me me the habits that have been breaching breaching the blessing. blessing. In Jesus' name, name. amen. Amen. All right, so there's three things, and I'm going to alliterate to make it real simple, and we're done. The first is your consciousness. Listen, what do you mean consciousness? Your mindsets. Your mindsets are determined by your pedigree. What's your pedigree? Your background. Please understand. Many people have patterns of stinking thinking. And they don't even know that they're thinking things because everybody in their bloodlines thinks that way. All their friends think that way. That's why when you look at your friends, sometimes you get sick of being around them because that's you. That's why you get so irritated with them. That's you. You see in you, and you're like, Ugh. I need a break. Well, what you're saying is you need a break from you. Y'all still here? Yes, Watch this? Say, I break, free I break free of every pattern of, every pattern. of poor thinking. Mister, said, yes, yes, what's poor thinking? Oh, nothing ever works out for me. Oh, every time I take one step forward, I get knocked back two. Well, then you need to take four steps forward then. You need to just... Yes, eventually, you'll flip the equation. Yes, Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, but connected to consciousness is just not mindsets. I'll get more into this at the 11:15. But Mars says it's an incorrect and incomplete understanding of the Bible. We have a lot of what I call Christianese excuses. Christianese is like Christian language excuses. So when something don't go right, the devil is busy, or you're a poor planner, or you're unexcellent, and you're lazy. Might be either one of those. See, church folk ain't gonna shout about this. Because they want to blame the devil. Well, I'm here to tell you, please understand, I, I, I got a message from God. God says, how long are you going to sit up and blame somebody you can't see? Since the devil's not omnipresent, he can't be everywhere at the same time. So I'm really questioning if, if out of all the 7 billion people he could be messing with, why is he messing with you? You sure he ain't got nothing to go stir up with the president and them or, you know, Congress or something or, or over in Afghanistan or Iraq? You mean to tell me he really came to stir up that argument this morning with your wife? That was the devil? He left ruining the world, attempting to ruin the world to come stir up an argument with you and your kids? That's what he left to do for that. See, Christy, see (laughs) y'all. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. All right, watch this. So when we have incorrect and incomplete understanding of the Bible, it's the devil. No, maybe maybe it's not. But there are sometimes where stuff is demonic attacks. Got it? There's some stuff that's evil. But a lot of times, there's stuff just habits. Here's another Christianese excuse: it just wasn't for me, or you just didn't fight because you wanted it to be handed to you. Because that's the way your bloodline thinks. If it's not handed to them, then they don't want it. (laughs) Amen. Here's another Christianese excuse. I'm just waiting on God to do it. Here's Bible. Did you choose it? We have this thing. Whatever the Lord's going to do, the Lord's going to do. Who told you that? Here's one. What's for me is for me. Okay. That's true. Bishop, God is in control of what? What is God in control of? He's in control of everything? So yesterday, when a young lady was raped, God was in control of that? God did that. Because that's what church people tell people. God's in control. So when they gunned down that young man in Missouri, God did that? God did that? When you got millions of people in the richest nation of the world that can't eat, God did that? When you have planes hit buildings, God did that? Well, that's what you tell people. You tell people, church, that God is in control. That's what you tell people. And that is wrong. Mr. What do you mean that's wrong? God is in control. Show me that scripture. God is sovereign. Sovereign means He has authority. But in Genesis, he delegated the authority in the earth to us. Which is why he told the apostles, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. God is in control of what he's in control of. But as it relates to down here, he placed you and I in authority. But if you have that mentality... I am just waiting on God. God is in control. And we even sing a song. I like the song, that's why we sing it. God is in control of what He's in control of. absolutely. God can do just what He wants. He did. He made us in charge. That's what He wanted to do. It is quiet in here. doesn't even say He made you in charge. Which means let me tell you when your life is gonna change. The moment you're ready for it too. Let me tell you when you're coming out of debt. The moment you say I'm coming out of debt. Let me tell you when your body's gonna be healed. The moment you say I'm gonna be healed. Let me tell you when your family's gonna change. The moment you say, right here, right now, it changes right here, right now. It changes right here, right now. It changes. That's when it's gonna happen. When we say it does. Somebody back waiting on God. That's why people get angry with God, because they gave God authority for something they had authority over. God says, you don't get to throw the basketball back on my side of the court. Touch your neighbor and say, the game is here. The game is now. It's scheduled. We must play. So we might as well win. All right, so let me get to this mindset. Let me fix our consciousness. Say, God is not mad at me me for anything. anything. He wants me to walk in the blessing starting today and every day thereafter. I agree with God. All right, number two. So the first one, that that, uh, uh, habit that Blocks the blessing or breaches the blessing is what? Consciousness. Consciousness. Here's the second one. Contrary conduct. Contrary conduct. Anything contrary to the blessing you desire to see is breaching the blessing. Acting like a victim. And again, I can't list everything out, so you just got to catch it. And when you ask the Lord, He's gonna show you. And when you show Him, when He shows you, don't put your hand up to your ears, talking about I don't want to hear it anymore. That's your problem. You run when stuff that you don't want to hear is said. It's quiet in here. All right? Being out of order. That's contrary conduct. How are you going to be out of order and ask God to to bring stuff in order? Why would he waste the effort? It's quiet in here. Unfaithfulness. Unfaithfulness. How, how do you expect God to, to, to manifest a blessing in your life and you're unfaithful to him? It's contrary conduct. Okay, that's like you asking me, please understand. That's, okay, watch this. Please understand. If, if, you, if, you, if you married somebody and they step out on you 11 months of the year and then when Christmas come around and talk about what you're getting me, what the? I ain't getting you nothing. Actually, I'm glad I saw you. Stay right here. I got some papers. They ain't been able to find you. Y'all not saying nothing to me. You don't get to step out on me eleven months out of the year, and because it's Christmas time, come around. Well, if you don't get to do that to you, why do you get to do that to God? You can stepped out with everything and anybody. You tell my Lord, come on, it's Christmas. Why? Well, says low self-esteem is contrary conduct. Low self, you know what low self esteem really is? It's false humility. You know what false humility is? Pride. So low self esteem says, oh, I'm nothing. <laughs> Question Whoever told you that? Oh, I'm nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Y'all can see I'm starting to feel better. As, as I'm preaching, I, get, I feel better. This is a lesson to you. When you get sick or when you get down, you keep doing what you're doing because you'll preach your way through it. You'll serve your way through it. When you're going through hell, baby, keep on serving through it, keep on praising through it. I'm preaching myself right up out of that cough. I ain't got time for that. I'm feeling better as I preach. I may do part two today. You'll sit here and listen to it and try to leave. <laughs> Not I'm just joking, i just joking. All right, watch this. Low self-esteem is really false humility, which is pride. People who walk around with low self-esteem are very prideful, which is why they keep falling. Pride comes before falls. So when you see a fall, check for pride. Oh, nothing ever works for me. That's why I just got I just got to do me. I just got to just take care of me because ain't nobody else gonna take care of me. And while there may be some truth to that. Hmm? Touch the neighbor, say you are, you, are. you are who God says you are. Come out of that low self esteem. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're not a failure. You're not a, let me use, please don't be offended, but I'm going to say, you're not a screw-up. You're not a mess-up. You're not jacked-up. You're not toe-up. You're none of those things. Having, making mistakes doesn't make you one unless you choose to stay there. And today, I know, I know that you haven't stayed there because you're sitting in church today. I, I know you ain't stayed there. Doesn't anybody to say, come up out of that low place, I, I know you haven't stayed there. I right, I gotta move, I gotta move, I gotta move. Watch this, watch this. Settling is contrary conduct. I'm gonna say again, settling. Oh, okay. See, I gotta bust that up, because Denver is the home of the settler. It really is, it really is. If you just travel, I don't know, anywhere, in the United States of America got it you know to a you know big city bustling city i don't know see, like dallas or something or you know uh you know houston uh you know atlanta you know, even miami uh you know uh chicago uh you know even portions portions of los angeles portions of los angeles portions of los angeles portions of los angeles Really, all L.A. is just a, you know, Denver by the water. But now watch this. It is. But watch this. But watch this. Settling says, I don't want to push for any more because I don't want the pain I know I will have to experience. And I'm frustrated with what I have, but I don't know if I want the pain of what's required to get more. I'm frustrated, but I don't know if I want the pain. That's settling. And God says he did not die for you to sit back and be comfortable so you didn't have to have no pain. Yes. So we settled all the time, and that's contrary conduct. You want to know how they got the promised land? They fought for it and took it. They didn't just walk over there and the Lord said, whoop, there it is. They had to go fight for it. Tell your neighbor, so You're going to have to fight. But I have good news. You'll win if you fight. You're going to have to fight. But if you do, He already promised you, you would win. I said, You would win. I said, You would win. Press those tears back. You will win. You will win. Dust that sho- that dust off yourself. You will win. Plant your feet, but you will win. You might get knocked back a couple of times, but you will win. Touch your neighbor and say, you will win if you fight.
1: I'm almost done.
0: Unrestrained mercy is contrary conduct. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Unrestrained mercy. I'll talk about it more at the next all right, unrestrained mercy unrestrained mercy um, does this unrestrained mercy makes you get off your journey to go finish somebody else's journey parable of the good Samaritan real simple he said I got my own journey now I'm going to get him some oil and some wine this is what does that means some joy and the word let me make that real practical I'm going to pray for him and give him one of bishop bishop's CDs but after that oh no I got to take you to the innkeeper, Bishop. Who's the innkeeper? The church. You sitting there trying to run a para church ministry off your cell phone. But I'm just interceding for the people, right? That's why your journey ain't progressed in five years because you got off yours to go finish theirs. That's not ministry. That's misery. Okay, y'all. <laughs> yes, sir. All right? Stealing your tithe and offering. Malachi 3 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. You say, How have we robbed you in your tithes and offerings? Look at what verse 9 says. Malachi 3 9. I want you to read it so that you don't think as somebody's, I don't have no agenda with you. You Read it for yourself. Want you ready to read. You with first, you have me, now, check this out. The same God who says, I'll bless you. Is the same God who says, "I will curse you if you take my tithe and offer."." It. It's quiet. Bishop, it's not all about money, but well, then why' do you keep asking for it? Why do you keep praying for it? It's quiet in here. <laughs> wow. Now, those are God's words. And and then you'll have preachers get up and say, oh, you can't curse, but God is blessed. You should read Malachi 2. God himself said he'd curse your blessings if you take his stuff. All right. Here we go. Amen. That's cool. Number three, confessions. These are my confessions. Now again, for those of you just tuning in online, you're like, why does Bishop keep drinking water and putting on ChapStick? Because <laughs> <laughs> if I don't, <laughs> I tell you, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting healthy. I'm almost there. One of the side effects of what helped me to get, better. I am, in Jesus' name. One of the side effects of what helped me is that I tell you, I'm up here dry. I got, I'm drunk about four gallons of water this morning. <laughs> so I'm trying to just keep it, keep it moisturized. <laughs> Trying to offend God or nobody else. Watch this. Say confessions. Okay, the first thing is your what? Consciousness. Second thing is contrary contact. Here's number three. Here are the habits that block the blessing. Confessions. Check this out. Complacent, confusing, and complaining confessions will block the blessing. They'll breach it. And I want to go to this scripture, and we're going to see it, and then we're done. Numbers 14:26. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, I want you to go ahead and read verse 27 and read all the way down to verse number 35. One, two, ready, read. Okay, stop. So let leave the verse up there for just a moment. Let me just set you some context. God says to uh, Bishop Moses and, and, um, and, and, uh, and, and senior staff uh, uh, Aaron, he says, uh, he says listen. How long do you want me to deal with them? (laughs) Okay. Okay, you read. I have heard. Go ahead. So stop. God says, I don't know who they thought they were actually talking to. But while they were complaining, I was listening. And I guess they thought because it was a text, I didn't hear it. I guess they thought because they were Facebooking, I didn't hear it. I guess they thought because they were talking in their bedroom, I didn't hear it. But I heard it. And Bishop Moses, I want to know how long you want me to deal with them. Next verse. Go ahead. Wait a minute. Lead the scripture up. God says, everything you just complain, I'm going to do it. Won't I do it? So when you say, nothing works for me, God says, I agree. I heard you. I heard you. When you say, I'm so sick and I'm just so tired, I'm, so, I'm just tired, God says, I know you are. You're tired and you're sick. I'm just so stressed. God says, I know you are. Yes, I, yes, you are stressed. Look at you. Your hair fall. Yes, you are stressed. hmm mm, poor you. Doesn't anybody say, let that, and go. let that complain and go. Look at verse 29. Go ahead. Verse 30. Jephunneh. Uh-huh. okay, wait a minute, hold on, look at me, camera, look at me, camera, look at me, Harvest, look at me, 915, look at me. God says, I promised you I would give you the promised land. For you and I, it's not a promised land, it's a promised life. God says, but your complaining just cancel my promise. I swore to you, but I can unswear, because I swear by me. So today, what we have to do before you leave this campus is that whatever complaining canceled some of the promises? We're gonna unroot that complaining because you gotta get back on track, you gotta get back in gear, touch your neighbor, say, I gotta get back on this thing. Verse 31. Verse 31. Come on, let's go. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Verse 33. I'll do 34 and 35. 34 says this. 34 says this. It says, according to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days, for each dare you shall, day you shall bear your guilt one year, namely 40 years. And you shall know my rejection. I, the Lord, have spoken this, and I'm going to do uh, so to all this evil congregation who gathered together against me. And in the wilderness, they, they shall be consumed, and then they shall die. The Lord was like, next. Now, check this out. I want, I want you to get this because we're going to do something very powerful. Please get this CD. Amen. Please break your habit of running out there to go get in line to go home. All right. Amen. And you're like, you can't go nowhere. You're rushing to go home. Okay? Go get the CD, please. Because okay. this is for you. Amen. And the generations after you. Because notice the Lord said, oh, I'm going to do to your kids that too. Because yeah. mm-hmm. it's transferable. When we complain in a day, listen to this, it conditions conditions you to wasting years in your life. Say again. Complaining in a day conditions you to wasting years in your life. How many years have you wasted? Now, if you do the math, God says for one day, one year. And the truth be told is if he kept that mathematical equation, we'd all, I mean, it's a, let's just all pack up and get ready to go. Let's just. That's why some church folk just ready to die so they can go over there because they didn't wasted everything down here. Not you, though. Not you, though. Not your neighbor, though. Not your children. Not your bloodline. Not your family. Because because watch this. If I had time, we'd see this. Watch this. What we're going to do is we're going to uproot every complaint that has ever uttered and been let out of our mouths. And from this moment forward, God is going to wipe your slate from every complaint you've ever uttered as if you never uttered it. School church, (laughs) every complaint you've ever uttered, God is getting ready to wipe that clean. And he says, from this day forward, it will be as if you never complained like you did before. I got one witness. That's that's fine. I I learned how to go with the goers. You don't want to go with me, that's fine. I'll find somebody else. Now, if you need to do this, if you're ready to do it, if you don't really think you've ever complained and you think you're perfect and you don't need to do this, please keep your seats. For the rest of us, though, would you stand on your feet, though? Because we're getting ready to get this thing right. Now, I want you to lift your hands right where you are. I want you to lift your hands right where you are. And I want you to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, for every complaint that I have ever uttered, I ask for forgiveness. Furthermore, for every complaint that I have ever uttered, I ask that the power of it would be uprooted, would be canceled. Forgive me and count it not against me. From this moment forward, wipe my slate totally clean from every complaint and from this moment forward I am totally 100% in alignment with my confession with you the blessed life is my life I am the head not the tail I'm blessed going in Blessed coming out, blessed everywhere. I have no complaints, not one. My report is, this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in my eyes. Everywhere I look, the blessing is manifesting in my finances, in my family, in my relationships, in the generations after me, in my occupation, in my vocation. In my automobile, in my body, everywhere. The blessing is manifesting. Harvest, if you believe what you said, praise Him for it.
1: Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator.